0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Brian Gaberman. Brian Gaberman is a photographer based in Northern California and is currently the staff photographer for the Element Skateboard Company, where he specializes in photographing skateboarding and lifestyle work. Brian has also worked with clients such as Adidas, New Balance, Thrasher Magazine, Slam, and Mass Appeal. In this interview, I speak to Brian about how he got into skateboarding photography, as well as his approach to his fine artwork. I've looked up to Brian's work for many years now, so it was a real treat getting to speak with him about all his work with glass plate negatives, as well as all the interesting places he's gotten to travel to with his skateboarding photography. Um, So I think this is one people will enjoy. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, and take care. All right. Well, Brian Gaberman, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up and what kind of stuff were you interested in as a kid? Was it always photography or what kind of the things that you're kind of into growing uh,
1: up? Man, uh, I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut, and then moved down to the country a little bit outside of New Haven, and uh, I was just... I don't know, normal childhood, I guess, just the usual, and started skateboarding when I was 10, and that pretty much shaped my entire life nice. up to this point, anyway. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, no, photography didn't come along till till quite a bit later, Cool. Really.
0: How did you kind of get into skateboarding? Was it just like friends in your neighborhood, or how did that kind of come about?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, we rode little banana boards around when I was a kid and stuff, but I it was just a toy. And then I think I went over to some friend's house and his older brother who was like a teenager, he had like a real skateboard, a wooden skateboard. And I had never seen one of those before. And then I, through that, I got to see like a real skate video at their house and and that just like blew my mind and opened up my whole world and changed everything. And then I didn't even realize that that was like a whole subculture that existed.
0: What, what so was when th- when I found that, I was just hooked. Yeah, can you remember what that first gay video was you saw?
1: No, nah, I feel like it was like a vision video or something. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember. That's I just cool. remember like yeah nice my memory's terrible
0: (laughs) it's okay (laughs) me too man (laughs) Uh, um so i guess when you started skating were you guys just kind of skating around new haven was it kind of like skate parks or just kind of skating around this neighborhood oh
1: man there was no no skate parks yeah (laughs) i mean initially it was just we were just skating on my on my block you know trying to figure out like what you do with this thing and then when i got my first like wooden skateboard it was just like oh this thing's like big and heavy and i was like a tiny little kid yeah so i don't even know how i like picked the thing up it was like <laughs> you know as big as i was
0: it was all like uh, squ- square but, tail yeah
1: no we yeah totally you yeah. know i th- it was like i think it was like a it was like a toys rs like nice brand x or no uh, like a what was it it was an executioner a nash it was made by nash okay it was, uh, fluorescent green yeah yeah it was ridiculous yeah, it waited a ton. But no, we, we just rode around just trying to figure it out and mm. just did that for a long time. And then, you know, your friends will do whatever you're doing. So everybody was kind of just getting into it and stuff. And and then I moved out into the woods in Bethany, Connecticut, which is a little bit outside of New Haven. And basically nobody, there was really nobody around. Yeah. Uh, so I was just skating in my driveway by myself, just doing that for a while. And then one day this dude rides his bike past my house and it turns into my best friend, like lifelong best friend, Matt O'Brien. Oh, wow. Uh, and then he, he skated too a little bit, but he was more into BMX. Yep. But then the two of us just sort of, I don't know. we just I don't even remember how it all happened, honestly, but we just started skating together like every day. And then I'd come home from school, grab my board, ride it to his house. We set up a whole skate park on his back porch because he <laughs> had a, a gravel driveway. Yeah. And uh, that's what we did all the time, you know. And then slowly we meandered our way into the city. As we got older, right. we would go skate in New Haven mm. with, with whatever crew was around there. And just, we just met tons of people like that. And that's kind of where, yeah,
0: nice. Was there the whole like
1: world opened up.
0: Pretty good skate scene in New Haven back then?
1: Yeah, there was. You know, you had like Jim Greco, Tim Upson, Abram Bathgate. Like so many amazing dudes came out of there. Yeah. It was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is pretty... people, yeah that's, that's where I met Jesse Burke. Yep. Um, bill hook like yeah just tons of guys that I'm, I'm still friends with
0: them all yeah that's awesome yeah i, I had uh, interviewed sean cronin a few weeks ago and i was talking to him about how how Connecticut's such a small state but so many good skateboarders have come out of there like donnie barley and brian anderson it's pr- yeah. pretty amazing um yeah
1: jim gagney i mean the list just keeps going (laughs) it's unreal yeah it's pretty cool it's true such a small state
0: so i know you 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 ended up getting you got sponsored for skateboarding i think you skated for what atm click right
1: yeah yeah the first sponsor i had actually was like i was kind of on i got flowed by h street it was really random and i don't know that even the guys most of the guys at h street knew who i was or anything (laughs) probably didn't but like uh this transworld photographer, Mark waters came through our town on like a road trip. He was from California and he was cruising all over the country, just shooting photos in different towns, finding skaters. It was kind of a cool mission he was on. And anyway, somehow we bumped into him at like a hotel parking lot where we were skating the curb. And, uh, this dude took some photos of me and my friends and then he became a friend. And somehow like I was like 15, he got, h street to like send me some packages like and sort of flow me boards and stuff and for me like a a kid living out in the woods like in (laughs) the middle of nowhere in connecticut like that just like blew my mind you know so that made me want to take it all really seriously yeah and so i was just like that was it that was my mission after that you know that's Um, cool so i got flowed by them for a little while and then eventually they just forgot about me and they 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 started ignoring me (laughs) my phone calls didn't send me stuff anymore uh Uh, but then yeah eventually moved out to california right after i graduated high school and uh met up with a a new crew here in northern california and then that kind of connected me to atm click which was my first sponsor like real board sponsor i'd say yeah
0: was that like your dream like at that point to like be a professional skateboarder you think or you just kind of skating for fun or were you kind of was that kind of the dream you know
1: it it's hard to remember what I was actually thinking back then. Cause I was just, I knew I had to go out to California cause that's where skateboarding was happening. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. But at the same time, like I was trying to go to college. I wanted to be a journalist. I was really into writing back then. Wow. So I, I came out here and I was just going to school, just trying to do some journalism stuff and, and try to get a degree mm. and, uh, skating, you know, on the weekends basically. Yeah. And, uh,
0: and that was yeah, a, Was that, that, that was in San Francisco you moved
2: to?
1: I actually moved to Santa Rosa. It's about an hour north of San Francisco. Okay. Uh, I had, had a relative that lived here, so she let me stay with her for a while. So I, I lived here and went to the junior college all through the week, just kind of did my studies. Didn't know that there were any skaters in my town mm-hmm. here. Uh, and then on the weekends I would drive to Berkeley and skate with like Matt O'Brien and Ron Allen and a bunch of other guys. And Matt O'Brien moved out to California with me. So he was kind of my only connection. I wasn't very good at making friends back then. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of, a hermit all week and then on the weekend i'd go skating in, in berkeley and san francisco and stuff and it, it was i the, the guys that i met that lived in my own town that skated i met them in san francisco and they were like oh we live in santa rosa like you live in santa rosa no way you should skate with us you know <laughs>
0: that, that's it's right.
1: just funny how that stuff happens
0: yeah skateboarding at this kind of you meet people and it just keeps growing and growing it's just uh, a small, commu- yeah, small yeah. community but yeah, you meet a lot of people that way Um, so I guess you say you're going to school for, uh, journalism. Were you taking pictures at that time or when did kind of photography start?
1: No, uh, not originally, you know, like I always kind of talk about how I think the, the photography seed got maybe planted in my brain earlier on because, uh, Matt O'Brien's father was a photojournalist. He worked for the local newspaper in New Haven. And so he was always shooting photos of us skating and hanging out, like just, teenage kids hanging out and stuff. And, and then he'd go in the dark and he'd print them and he'd bring out like this manila envelope of prints and stuff and show us. And, and I think that kind of just got that stuck in my brain early on, but I didn't start taking photos. I always talked about it. Like, Oh yeah. photography's cool. I want to do that. And like, I never touched a camera till I was, I think 17. Oh,
2: wow. I didn't even,
1: I, I, I made no effort to like go out of my way to like get a camera or try to take pictures or anything. And I think my aunt just got so sick of hearing me, like, talk about, yeah, I want to be a photographer someday. I think that would be cool. <laughs> uh, she, like, she went and found me a good deal on a used camera, bought it for me, like, made me pay her back.
2: Nice. And then
1: that was, that was when I really started, like, it's like, oh, I got this, like, cool camera. I better use it, you know? So.
0: Nice. Do you took m- a
1: photo class. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, what was it? Oh, man. It was uh, Olympus
0: was it the k1000 em
1: super okay. i think it was like an em super or something like that yeah it was it's just the most basic you yeah, know
0: 35 um
1: that's 30, really... 35 with like two lenses 28 and a 50 nice you know and that's all i shot with for a really long time but but i loved it you know and uh, i was working on the school newspaper at the time so then they were like oh you you got a camera like yeah we need you to go cover <laughs> this story like go take pictures like i didn't know what i was doing yeah. but i just did it you know because when you're young, you'll just go for it. Definitely. So I did, and and I started realizing I was actually more interested in that than, than right. the writing yeah. of the articles. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny how that stuff goes.
0: So what kind of stuff were you photographing when you first started? Was it always skateboarding, or were you shooting other stuff when you first started out?
1: Uh, you know, in the beginning, I was probably taking pictures of my feet and, like, my <laughs> friends and, you know, whatever. And That obviously led to skateboard pictures because that's what we were out doing all day, you know. So, initially, it was just a lot of guys hanging out and stuff. And then, yeah, I started taking pictures of them skateboarding nice. uh, just because it was the obvious thing to do, you know. I didn't know what else to shoot at the time. You know, it wasn't until later that I discovered that, like, you could do – you could make art with photos. Yep. I just thought it was a document thing because that's what I was – kind of raised on seeing was like a photojournalist doing it you know and then some skate photos and stuff like that you know and yeah it it wasn't until way later that I in the the college library I discovered like the art books Mm. and like that that whole world existed you know and that kind of changed everything again.
0: And you you pretty much just kind of taught yourself photography for the most part or did you did you take a lot of photography? Yeah
1: yeah. I, I would take as many classes at the school as I could, just so that I could have access to the facilities. Yeah. So I could develop film and use the darkroom to make prints and stuff like that. But other than like, I think the core basics, I didn't learn a whole heck of a lot in the classes. A lot of times I didn't even go to the classes. I would find out what the assignment was. I would do it on my own and then <laughs> I would just show up for the critiques yeah. and bring in stuff. But I would always do good because I was, I was kind of addicted and I would spend the whole day. I would spend day after day after day in the darkroom. I wouldn't do anything else, you
0: know? Mm. Yeah, so you've always just kind of enjoyed printing, like, black and white stuff from the beginning, pretty much?
1: Yeah, like, that never really changed. That, that's where I started, and, and you know, like, that's what I would still do every day if, if I could. I can't really hang out in the darkroom that much these days. My lungs can't take it. It's weird, like, over... I think that many years of of that much exposure it's like kind of hurts my lungs when i'm in there for too long
0: yeah that those chemicals are really bad (laughs) it's like
1: uh yeah it's pretty gnarly so maybe you know (laughs) the the digital photography world came at the right time for me in that regard it was a it was a painful transition no doubt but yeah yeah maybe it was for the best i don't know
0: definitely um what do you think because i know i mean you shoot color but a lot it seems like a lot of your work is black and white what do you think draws you to black and white what do you think you kind of enjoy about it most
1: uh you know it's hard to say for sure i mean it's, it's possible that it's because that was my first exposure to like fine art photography was all black and white and mm-hmm. so it just ingrained that in me yeah. but i don't know uh i've always liked the way it sort of detaches you a little bit from reality yeah and it, it sort of puts your your mind in a slightly different space mm-hmm. and uh I, I, that little piece of remove i think is what i'm really drawn to
0: nice so I guess once... And, yeah, you... what,
1: what that can suggest and whatnot, you know?
0: Yeah. So once you kind of finish, I guess, college, um, what did you kind of do after that? Um, did you kind of start taking skate photography seriously or when did that kind of start to take effect? Yeah, it
1: was kind of like a parallel thing. Like I was wrapping up my years at the junior college and working just working at like a skate shop, shooting photos of my friends on the side uh, and also trying to be a skater at the same time because I was a sponsored skater at the same time. And I was kind of just doing both for a while. Oh, wow. And uh, it's sort of just like with the writing turned into photography, I realized I wanted to do that more. I started realizing I was more interested in shooting photos of of my friends skating than trying to like get a hard trick on film for a video part for myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm going to like switch sides. I'm going to go behind the lens more and not skate as much. Yeah. You know, and it was cool because, it's like, I could still skate, like, even to this day, like, when I go out to shoot photos, it's, like, there's still usually some time where I can roll around for a bit before I, like, shoot a photo or something.
0: Mm, that's cool. You're, that's interesting. You're kind of doing both at the same time. Um I think there's been, like, a few skaters. Yeah, it seemed
1: so natural then.
0: Yeah, I think I I always remember, like, Jaya Bondroff. I always thought, I mean, that guy was such an amazing skater and and amazing photographer, too. I thought it was cool that it was interesting to see him kind of jump into that world, too, with photography. Um, So it's kind of cool. Yeah, and he was good
1: at it, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the – the best skate photographers have always been guys that like knew how to ride a board really well, you Mm -hmm, know, not saying that I was awesome at it or anything, but it's like, I knew what I was doing and those are always the guys. They just, they just see it and feel it differently. I think, you know, that's why and a normal person could never be a skateboard photographer. Yeah, they just don't know what they're looking at.
0: Yeah, it's like when you see you ever see like a like a local newspaper and they like take a picture of like a skateboarder like at the skate park and they like chop his legs off or it's just like they don't know how to shoot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's always funny. Yeah, they don't ha-
1: they don't they don't know what the point of reference needs to be. They don't know what part of the trick you should emphasize. They don't they don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, how did you? I guess when you started like getting your photos in magazines, how did you kind of start getting your work out there, and what were kind of some of the first magazines you were working with?
1: Uh, Slap was was like, let me get my foot in the door. Uh, Lance Dawes, he was. I I still to this day kind of feel like I owe him like almost everything because I was just like a kid, like whatever, shooting really crappy photos, and I I started like sending them to him and he would, you know, he'd send them back and just reject them over and over and over again. And like, you know, you try long enough, like one day, like one got accepted and that just blew my mind that like, I got paid 80 bucks for a photo, you know, like (laughs) so stoked. Yeah. Like that just, so that was just like, okay, like I could do this, you know? And then I thought, well, these guys are going out skating every day, but I'm stuck at the skate shop, like working my job. Like, yeah. I need to quit my job <laughs> go so on. I can be out there with them, you know, and that was a that was a rough a rough period because you it's not easy to make a living as a as an editorial photographer in skateboarding, and especially when you you still pretty much suck at it, yeah. and you got lucky and you got one photo published, and you think like, oh, I can do this, you know yeah, it takes a long so yeah,
0: long time it just slowly gradually kind of builds
1: builds up, it's like uh,
0: not overnight
1: um not at all yeah so that was that was an interesting period of being really broke and <laughs> like just trying to stick with it you know
0: what skaters were you kind of photographing back then when you were kind of getting into slap or there there's like a was there like a group you're kind of shooting with a I, lot
1: yeah it was just all the guys that we skated with around santa rosa mm. here in northern california uh i think the first photo i ever got published was my buddy, Hari Wheeler, who now is like the mailman in the town I live in oh, around here, wow. which is kind of awesome. That, <laughs> I him cool. around all the time. But yeah, like John Miner and Charlie Watts and, and then like this other kind of crew moved into town, Nanda Zip and Hansi Driscoll, uh, Joel Price. There was just so many guys. And, and luckily, these guys were all really good and, and a lot of them were sponsored. So that made it a little easier. You know, I wasn't just shooting random guys. I was shooting guys that were actually like had board sponsors and like sometimes needed an ad photo and stuff like that. And that, that definitely was very helpful.
0: That's cool. And then I think, did you eventually become staff photographer at slap?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I I just kept pestering Lance Dawes and sending <laughs> him stuff. And then he published like a whole article and I, you know, and that was cool. And then, yeah, then he event just out of the blue kind of offered me a position. Like, hey, we need a staff photographer. Like, we can pay you a thousand bucks a month. Like, to be our guy. Sign me up. <laughs> like, basically to be our be our slave. Like, do whatever we need. Yeah. Work in the darkroom. Like, roll roll bulk film. Ship people's photos back. Go out, be the photographer. Do everything. And I was like, hell yeah! Like that's more money than i ever saw yeah you know
0: <laughs> it's it almost sounds like because it's almost like photo school in a sense you're this kind of thrown into it and you're shooting so much i would imagine you probably learned a lot during that those kind of years I, I would... yeah
1: totally and like he pulled no punches either you know like i'd bring in a photo i was so proud of and be like yeah what do you think about this like i think this would this could be a good cover and he would just like throw it on the floor and be like <laughs> that no way yeah it's terrible look it's like soft like composition's bad that lighting's horrible like mm. you know and so it was like tough love mm. but yeah i i'm so grateful
0: yeah to what, him for that what other so it was you lance dawes was there any other staff photographers when you were there or is it just you guys
1: Ah, uh, gosh i'm trying to remember O'Mealy came along okay. after a little while joe brooke would kind of float around in and out doing mm. stuff for us doing stuff for thrasher yeah uh gosh That's jaya good. i remember back then jaya would send stuff in every now and again Mm -hmm. fail hand yeah I think fail might have been on salary too he was just another kind of roaming roaming dude but he was shooting with all like the SF cool guys (laughs) so that was good that worked out good for him nice yeah yeah, always. I can't remember who else
0: it was. Yeah, slap always just seemed it was always one of my favorite magazines. It was actually like, I think the only magazine I had an actual subscription to, because um, it, it, it seemed like they they weren't afraid to kind of like do creative stuff with it um, and try new things. It wasn't like the same thing um over and over like i remember like later on like i remember when mark whiteley and joe brooke were running it they would do cool stuff with like four by five and they did like a whole article with like yeah infrared film and it just seemed like so much different and they it seemed like they had a balance of like east coast west coast so that's why i always kind of enjoyed that magazine
1: yeah i always i agree i mean to this day i think that was the best best night mag- a magazine's ever been like yeah. they, he had unlimited freedom. We were kind of like the redheaded stepchild of Thrasher. Our, we were downstairs in the basement. Thrasher was upstairs every now <laughs> and again. Jake would come down and just like yell at us and make fun of us and stuff. <laughs> but like we were doing exactly what we wanted to do, you know. And it was like, yeah, that was the best because, yeah, if I would have got hired by Thrasher, my whole, been very different. I, I would have been sort of nurtured and fostered in a very different direction, maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. So definitely. man, I'm, yeah, I'm just so glad I landed where I did. Cause yeah, that magazine, every issue was just like a piece of art, you
0: know? Mm, definitely. How long did you stay with slap for?
1: I was only with them like on staff for probably a year, or a year and a half. Mm. And, uh, I, I, I was living in San Francisco and it was starting to get a little bit more stressful than I was able to handle, like just the kind of the grind of it all or whatever. I don't know. The, the office was a, kind of a crazy place um so i was like all right i'm gonna move back to santa rosa and like slow it down a little and i told them like yeah i'm gonna move back to santa rosa but like i'm still gonna like work for you guys and like come to the city and shoot and stuff and and uh foster was like no nah, no nah, you're not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i was kind of like uh i was kind of burning out a little bit yeah because it was kind of i came in hot you know and like got like all this heaped on me and It was maybe a little more than I could handle when I was that young. Mm -hmm. So I was going in to basically tell him like, all right, like, I guess this isn't going to work. I'm not going to do this. And, and he was, he was bringing me in to fire me more or less.
0: Oh, wow. So what did you kind of do after that? What did you do after that? Were you still kind of shooting, skating this on your, on your own? Or what was kind of your next step? It
1: kind of dropped, dropped out. Yeah. Uh, Right after that, I moved back to Santa Rosa, got a job at like a photo lab, decided I was going to focus more on like my personal work, like fine art kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, I did that for a while and it was, it was pretty good. And then I kind of, I kind of floundering for a while, trying to figure it out, shoot a couple of skate photos here and there and my friends, Yeah, but nothing too serious. Just like, ah, whatever. Maybe that wasn't for me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then what happened? Then I got married. Yep. Then we moved to Kentucky for a year. Oh, wow. And uh, I basically, that was like a weird little artistic hiatus for me. I didn't work that much while I was there at all. But slowly got pulled back into skateboarding through Big Brother. Dave Carney started calling me. Yeah. And giving me little gigs here and there while I was living in Kentucky. And uh, what happened in Kentucky was that I got enough time to focus on my kind of personal vision in photography. And one day just sort of realized, like, wait, like, maybe I should, like, I was still skating every day with like a crew in Kentucky. And then I thought like, well, maybe I should try to like apply this to like shooting skate photos, like in this way, like the way I want it. Because skate photos just never really felt like I was shooting them to the best of my vision. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. I was just emulating what I saw in the magazines, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, so that was kind of a cool turning point for me because I was like, well, screw it. Like I'm going to shoot. There's a bunch of guys in Kentucky that are like ripping. Most of them, nobody knows who they are, but they're all my friends. I'm just going to like shoot photos of these guys like and pretend it's like a, like an art project, you know, like treat it that, treat it the way I would treat my personal work and just see what would happen with that, you know? Yeah. So I did that and it worked, it worked out pretty cool and it, it got me really excited again. Like, ah, oh, like I could shoot skateboarding like, like my way. Like I don't have to do it the way it's being done by everybody else out there. Like I'm going to try that, you know? So I did that. And I put together a little article and I sent it to trans world. Uh, I think I sent it to Dave Swift Maybe Great Britain, yeah, and uh, and they published it.
0: Yeah, I remember. And then seeing
1: I was that. like, yeah, yeah, and that was like completely reinvigorating for me, you know. And then I was like, all right, I got to get back to California, like where all the skaters are. Like I got to get back there. Like I'm kind of, I'm not doing anything here in Kentucky.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Move back to California, and then yeah, it was just kind of like full speed ahead when I got back because I was so excited that like, oh, I could do this on my terms now.
0: Yeah, that's really you cool. Know? You kind of took the time to like figure out is that kind of when you started shooting more with like your view i know you shoot view camera is that when you kind of yeah
1: yeah that that yeah exactly that whole year i was like pretty much committed that whole year to like developing my own kind of approach to like handmade glass negative photography with a four by five camera yeah and stuff like that so it was a lot of experimenting and a lot of failures and a few successes but yeah it all it all led to that that place in the end which yeah now it's like it would be really hard to to be able to make the time to to do something that formative, you know,
0: yeah, definitely, just with like it was
1: just the right time in life that's that really, worked out
0: that's really cool, I guess how did you even like figure out how to do all that like glass plate negative stuff where you just kind of reading books about it, or how did that kind of because it's so it's so different than yeah
1: this. it was yeah, it was a it was hard because you know I'd see these photos and I would just be like enamored of them and like what what's going on here why does this photo look like liquid like what is this like otherworldly like feeling I'm getting looking at these pictures you know and couldn't figure it out and, you know the internet was pretty crappy back then but eventually I like stumbled upon it and realized that it was like wet plate collodion it was like civil war era photography techniques you know yeah. and through that like all right like I don't know how to do that like you know I didn't even know where to begin with that it was such a complicated process And then I was like well maybe I can like maybe I can just do it. Like I had used like uh, liquid emulsions before in like experimenting in, in junior college, mm-hmm. like in the darkroom and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, well, what if I just like made my own negatives and like, I wonder what that would look like, you know? So I started experimenting with that and trying to figure out like how to get the emulsion to stay on the glass. Right. And then how to like make a, a film holder that would go in my camera back that would hold a, a glass negative And like, just like me with like some old film holders and a Dremel and like a mm-hmm. drill and like, <laughs> just like trying to figure it out basically That's and great. eventually like did and and yeah and then I got I I eventually got to a look that I was like happy with that it felt like it was expressing what I was like trying to get to you know yeah it, that that was really hard really frustrating because when you don't know what you really don't know how to get to what you're after when it's this vague notion mm. you know uh, it was like because I knew I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do wet plate collodion at that time. I, that would have required like going and learning from like some master and taking a course. And yeah, I didn't have money for any of that, so yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna figure this out. That's, you a, know,
0: that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about like being a photographer. I mean, I think that's the a thing like a lot of people struggle with is like trying to like figure out your vision, like your aesthetic. It, it's just a hard thing to do. So I guess that's pretty amazing. You kind of took that time and figured out what it was. And it's almost kind of like a light bulb went off for you. Um,
1: with... it, it did it, cause it is, it's, it's really hard to figure that out, you know, and I can only imagine nowadays more than more than ever, because there's just so many options mm. for the way an image can look and, and how easy it is to, to change the look of an image. You know, back then it was like, Oh, if you shot it on triax, like it's going to look a certain way, mm. you could print it a little different here and there, but like you already made that decision when you put film in your camera, but now it's just like endless possibilities. You know, I, I don't envy anybody trying to like figure out their own personal vision. These yeah.
2: Days. <laughs> it's
0: tough. Um, do you feel like yours yeah. is like, you feel like yours is like continuing, like evolving over time or are you always just trying like new stuff? Or are you kind of like pretty like uh, comfortable yeah. with the way you shoot or how does that kind of work?
1: That's hard to say. That yeah. depends on what day you at, <laughs> what time of day you ask me that <laughs> yeah. question, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some days I'm like, man, I'm so sick of like the way I shoot photos. Like I just want to do something different. And then, yeah. and then I'll like, mess around and try other stuff and be like no nah, like none of this feels right mm.
2: like
1: this just isn't who i am you know like i always end up coming back to a certain type of thing a certain approach because that's just that's just what feels uh, honest yeah i guess you and know the, yeah and it's the, just it's a, yeah you know you can just push a button and like have all these different photographic approaches like in the computer but it's like uh, at the end of the day, like that, just does more harm than good. Mostly,
0: yeah, it can, you, it can be pretty easy to go overboard with all the Photoshop stuff and filters, and before you know it, you just have a mix mash of like a bunch of crap. um
1: Yeah, you know, and I when I look at like the earliest like digital stuff that I did, like I see like a total disaster there. You yeah. know, like me trying to figure that out, like oh, like what do I do with this? Yeah. You know, and uh, I figured out kind of quickly that like uh, all I want to do is like make this look like I shot it on film or like what I would have printed it as in the dark room. Like if I can get it to that, that's as good as it's going to get for me,
0: you know? Definitely. And then I guess one thing I was going to ask, like, what do you think about shooting with like view camera? What, what do you enjoy about it? Um, do, you, do you get a lot of time to still shoot with the view camera?
1: I don't like, I don't get a lot of time at all anymore. I, a couple years ago I was really lucky and an element like sponsored me to do a project where I did that. And it, that was amazing to have their support. And like, uh, they sent me, on. I, I was able to go on a trip and, and just focus on that again for like a couple of weeks. And cool. and that was amazing, but I don't get to do it very much anymore. I miss it. What I love about it is, is the pace. Uh, I love moving slowly and just watching and looking and, and like waiting for that moment. Like there were days where I'd go out, like I'd be out all day and I'd expose one, one glass negative. Maybe two, yeah. You know, and like, that's okay. Because now I'll go out, you know, with a digital camera and shoot a thousand photos, and like, I don't even remember any of them.
0: Yeah, I think with the digital camera, I feel it it can be really easy to get start getting sloppy, like with with the way yeah, absolutely you, with the way you can shoot with like cameras now, you can shoot at like sixty four hundred ISO and it still looks good. So like, I mean, yeah. the view camera kind of slows you down. Put it on a tripod because um, this even like at least for me anytime you put a, even like a digital camera on a tripod it really slows you down and you take more thought into your composition and stuff so I think that's why I mean, I've shot view camera like, totally. a, a good amount and that's why I always kind of enjoyed it because it really you take a step back and really look at what you're doing
1: um, yeah and I love I, I you know like I love throwing a cloth over my head and blocking out the rest <laughs> of the world and I love seeing the image upside down it really helps me visualize just shapes and you know, a composition as opposed to subject Mm. a lot of the time, you know, it's tricky. I mean, I shot tons and tons of photos of of people with it, but like it's, it's hard to shoot people with a view camera.
2: Um, People
1: that have done that are just total masters, you know, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to like point it at a rotting tree and stare at it for an hour and like try to figure out like which blade of grass (laughs) in the foreground I want to be in focus, you know, stuff like that. Like I just remember, being under the dark cloth for like an hour like doing that like tweaking the lens shifting the lens just enough to like yeah like this one blade of grass in the foreground is going to be in focus and then like that barn in the background is going to be in focus too like this is perfect you know and like those those just those are equations you don't really do when you have a digital camera and you're just roaming around and like snapping 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 Mm, you know mm,
0: definitely Uh, have you and i like that yeah yeah have you messed around with any like um have you done like tin types or like embryo types or any of that kind of stuff before or have you played with that at all i messed
1: around a little bit like i did take a wet plate collodion course with a guy who's a total master yeah and did a couple of amber types and stuff like that and i've done a couple of tin types and i really do like them but Kind of what what happened when I learned how to do that is I had young children and I was kind of freaked out to have a lot of those chemicals oh, around. Yeah. yeah, those are really- when I had young kids. I heard I heard some horror stories like on the. I would like go on the forums, like Wet Plate Clothing forums, and like read people's like conversations and like yeah, yeah somebody like you know some some guy's kid died because he drank <laughs> you know cyanide or whatever, and it's just like uh, that kind of freaked me out. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't go down that road very heavily and. It was, like, at that time also, I was, like, I was really busy with my skateboard photography career. Definitely. So that stuff kind of started taking the back seat more and more.
0: That's cool. Um, and I guess, like, were there, like, any photographers you kind of looked up to when you were, like, starting out? Or, like, any, I guess any photographers in general whose work you kind of enjoy?
1: Yeah, I mean, in skateboarding, it was, like, Michael Mealy, Lance Dawes, uh, Daniel Her- Herl- Sturt. Thomas Campbell Thomas Campbell like was an enormous influence on yeah. my skateboard photography. Him and Spike Jones, like those those dudes, they had like so much freedom.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. In that.
1: their photos. Sorry, somebody's trying to call me right now. I don't know. <laughs> I have to uh, ignore that one and call them back later. No um, so anyway, uh, in skateboarding, those dudes were like life changers for me. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and then outside of skateboarding, like I think the first it's funny cause she's still my favorite photographer to this day with Sally Mann. That was the first art photography book I picked up in the library and real to, and saw like, Oh my gosh, like there's more to it than just documentary photography. This is like, she's created this whole world mm. in her photos, you know? Yeah, definitely. So people, yeah. People like Sally Mann, Harry Callahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really into a lot of the old masters, even though I wasn't necessarily trying to, to be like, to do that kind of photography. There was so much, like, as far as their tonality and just the, their uh, their discipline for the craft that I was really inspired by.
0: Yeah, it seems like like Sally, man, she just kind of keeps it real, like, this clean and simple and not too much, like, craziness with their photos. It's this real um, classic- Yeah. Looking-
1: It's just, like, it's all about feeling.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know?
1: And um, that, that's what I was just always aiming for. It was just that. I just wanted to get that feeling in a photo.
0: Mm-hmm. And I didn't really
1: care about the, what the subject was so much.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think it's like important for you to like take pictures outside of skateboarding? Is that like important for you to kind of like get away and shoot other yeah. stuff be- besides skating? Um, yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. Because I mean, I've been I've been shooting skate photos now for over twenty years, mm. and you know you you start to see a lot of repetition, and so it's good to yeah, it's good to get your vision outside of that for a while, and and I think it really it feeds they feed each other. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, I still do. I I mean, I still go out and try to take pictures whenever I can. That's cool. Of other things.
0: Yeah. What do you think it is about, like, skate photography that you enjoy so much and has kind of kept you doing it for so long?
1: Well, probably much like kind of art photography, there's a ton of freedom in it. You know, skateboarding is this unique little bubble where you can do whatever you want and people are pro if you're good at it people are going to be stoked on it and they're going to support you in it you know like i could shoot a skate photo and i could do whatever i want as long as i do justice to the the guy's efforts and the trick and make it look good like i could get as weird as i want and like at least in the past like it would have gotten published you know nowadays it's it's getting trickier and trickier because there are so few venues yeah there's like two, for two. a skateboard photographer's pictures to end up in mm-hmm yeah. You know, Europe's got a ton of magazines, but over here, we, we're pretty limited now.
0: Yeah, I think we have like two, pretty much. Yeah,
1: and you know, it's like, and they, they have their own style. They definitely each have their own approach to photos. And, you know, yeah, coming up in the days of like slap and skateboarder and stuff, like I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. The freedom was just awesome. That's cool. So that's what's killer about shooting skateboarders. Also, more than anything, it's just the people, like hanging out with these guys is the best thing it really keeps you young. Like I I keep wondering like what one of these days they're going to throw me out of the van. Like who's this old guy in the van? Like get, get this dude out of here, you know, but they haven't yet. So, I'm stoked because I love hanging out with these guys. They're all just so interesting.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, is this like being like, I mean, you're not old by any means, but like older than like most like sponsored skateboarders could be like 18, 19, oh, 20 yeah. young guys. And like going on those trips, I would imagine sometimes, sometimes I've been on skate trips, you know, they get rowdy sometimes it's, yeah, you still yeah. still enjoy going on those things. And this kind of being around the guys that are just like still like in their prime of skating and this kind of love it, you know?
1: I I definitely do. I mean, yeah. There's always going to be things that we don't relate on, or like I'll make fun of like the music they're playing in the van because I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, I can't believe you guys listen to this stuff, you know? But like, at the end of the day, like we all we love each other so much, and we will all like kind of take care of each other, and everybody appreciates what every other weirdo brings to the table, like yeah. on a skate trip, you know? That's what's so so neat. It's like I've never worked in any other venue where it was that embraced to be like a weirdo and be different, you know,
2: Yeah. Definitely. like the
1: cast of characters on any given skateboard trip. is just like <laughs> mind boggling. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I guess like looking at, I mean, you've traveled a lot. Are, are there like any skate trips in, in, uh, I guess that are memorable to you, like that you've kind of gone on, on like overtime, like anyone that kind of stick out.
1: Oh man. Uh, I mean, they've all been so good. I'm I'm so bad at like specifics.
2: <laughs> yeah. Kind of the
1: funny thing is like one of the most memorable trips was barely even a skate trip. It was actually more of like a, we were doing like a clothing shoot for Element. And we went when we went to the Arctic because it was just such a random out of the blue, like, hey, we're going to go to the Arctic. There's like, going to be polar bears and there's a mini ramp there. We can skate
0: like Antarctica. You
1: know, like. Uh... It, it, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw that. There was like yeah. one one picture, I think, on your website. Oh, North Pole. No, oh, North, North pole. pole. Okay, Arctic. got it. Yeah, yeah there was North like, pole. Arctic, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I yeah. got it. I saw there's like a guy like on Sorry. your web, on your on your website. It's like a skateboarder like standing on a glacier, and then there's like a plane like like it's about to land. Uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was it was bananas. Like I didn't know anything about what we were doing, and then we ended up like we we flew into this small town uh, about five hundred miles from the North Pole. And then we got on snowmobiles and just rode out into like the the abyss, like into nowhere, wow. for like four or five hours to this little abandoned mining town that is technically Russian owned, but yeah. only two people live there. Yeah. And so we went there because the, the the tour guide we had happened to be a skateboarder, and he's like, "Oh, I know the guy that like." kind of manages the town has the keys to all the buildings in the town is this abandoned town. And he's like, yeah, he'd probably let us like go into the buildings and skate and stuff. Like we should go out there and check it out. It'd be really cool. And yeah. So that photo was like, uh, the supply helicopter that comes once a month to bring in like food for the guy Holy and the, this little old lady that, that lived in, in this town all by themselves. Like yeah. it was, it was nuts. Yeah. And so, yeah, this dude let us into all these buildings that, you know, I think this, this town was abandoned in the eighties. Yeah. So they're, they're just like untouched factories and hospitals and apartment buildings. And he would like, let us in like, and like, Oh yeah, if you want to skate? Go ahead. Like you can skate in here. Like you can move stuff around and like set stuff up. And like, That's that was I... the most surreal thing. That trip's always going to be like
2: That's... one of the
1: top trips. You know, we, we passed by a polar bear with her cubs on the way back on our snowmobiles. Yeah. It's just like unbelievable stuff.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You guys ended up getting some good skate photos out there? Or is it mostly this kind of lifestyle stuff? Or Yeah, we
1: actually did get a couple. Like, we got a couple of cool things. I mean, we made do with what we could. You know, we had to uh, shovel away ice and snow. Like, so so this guy, Karsten, who was the only, he was the skater that came with us. It was just one guy. Oh, wow. And so he could skate this little ledge that was in front of, like, the, the northernmost Lenin uh, statue in the world. You know, it was just, like, ridiculous, the that's, whole thing. That's but
0: crazy. Who kind of, A great
1: time, a I, th- huge adventure.
0: Who thought that, though? Was that, like, your idea to go down there, or how did that kind of come about?
1: No, that was uh, my, my art director over in Europe, Brecht. He's uh, an amazing dude, and he was like, yeah, we're trying to figure out, like, where we're going to do the next shoot for, like, our winter jackets and stuff. And Oh, wow. I heard about the, the, that there's a mini ramp up up, like, near the North Pole. It's, like, the northernmost, like, ramp in the world, like, I want to go up there and check it out. Like, it's kind of sketchy, though. Like, you have to travel with a shotgun because polar bears are, like, a serious threat and, like, all this stuff. And,
2: <laughs> Damn. and I was like,
1: yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think I can go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think I can go. Like, yeah, I don't I don't want to be away from my wife for that long. Like, Damn. all the whole time in my head, I'm just thinking, like, I don't want to get eaten by a polar bear. <laughs> like, I'm not – that's not me i'm not that guy i'm not the adventurer type you know <laughs> yeah. and then i got off the phone with him and my wife was like you gotta you're, go you're going you're crazy you are not saying no to that i know yeah, yeah you gotta thank, go. thank goodness that's thank good. goodness she talked me into that because yeah definitely still the, the most memorable trip i've ever had but you know every trip ha- has truly had like awesome moments and the, it's all about just people yeah. and,
0: that's really cool. Solid. Um, and I guess I know now. You're working. Are you still working for Element um, as the staff photographer yeah. over there? Um How did that? Kinda, I am. yeah. How did that kind of come about? And then, like, what are the differences like working for a brand, like versus like a magazine or a freelance? Is it kind of different uh, approach for you?
1: Yeah, it is, and it's been a learning process. Um, so I was working for Skateboarder, and. Somehow got an introduction to somebody at Element. I don't even remember how anymore, and went on a trip with those guys. And I was like, oh, these guys are these guys are awesome. And all the while I was kind of thinking, like, I was like, ah, oh, I'm starting to get older. Like, I'd like a little more stability. Like, I've got this job at the magazine, but it doesn't pay very well. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'd really like to just focus in on like one crew of guys. And I started thinking like it would be great to like sort of be able to shape the image of of like a brand and like a work with the same guys all the time you know definitely uh and so i started talking to them about that at element and then they were like they were all for it they were like yeah like you should do that so i i quit working for skateboarder and and went on with them full time that was 10 years ago oh wow um and it's it's been it's really been amazing i every every bit of it um it wasn't it was an adjustment because working for a brand it was like okay like i didn't realize this was happening at the time but it was like i was i had I was kind of shaping an identity for the brand visually, yeah. you know, and it was like it needed to be consistent, so it was like, all right, like you make your bed, you gotta lie in it, you know, so it was like a a process of of like all right like what what do I want like how do I like meld what this brand's identity already is with like what I want visually to see yeah. you know, and trying to figure that out was was weird and we got there eventually and 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 i'm happy with it you know but uh it definitely like restricts your your creativity a little bit just Mm. because you already know your parameters when you're going into like a shoot like all right like i know like you know and we we try to push it and change it as much as we can but that's just sort of the nature of when you're you're moving into more of a commercial Mm. venue there
0: yeah they they have like their specific needs that they need met and then But, uh, I mean, just looking at the photos, it looks like they kind of give you a good amount of creative control on the way you shoot and stuff, it seems, looking at your...
1: They really do. It's more Mm self-imposed, honestly. And, like, I wish I... And I, I fight that all the time because it's like you end up like creating a mold for yourself and like, it's hard to break out of it, yeah, you know, definitely. even though they might be like, Hey, let's get weird. Let's try something different this time. You're like, yeah, I, I'm trying. It's hard to get your head <laughs> out of that space. Sometimes you get so used to it, looking at things a certain way, yeah, definitely. you know? So that is always a challenge, but I guess that's a good challenge mm. to, to keep fighting that fight, you know, to always try to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know,
0: do you feel like do you it's feel an odd
1: like- one? Commercial photography is weird, weird like that for me. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, but it's fine. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, I, I struggle with that all the time. Uh, when somebody else has a vision coming in, like, all right, well, then what do I have to add to this? Like, what can I add to this? Like, I'm trying to figure that out it has always been my biggest challenge in doing commercial work.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I look at it like um, I was talking to a photographer friend and he said when you're working in commercial photography, the art directors, they're like the architect and the photographer, you're, you're just the uh, the co- the contractor. They hire you to do the job and they, they don't really want so much of your input sometimes. It's just they just want you to execute it on their their idea. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. They want you to have the skills to execute it. And with Element, it's it's really a lot more, they're looking at me like, well, how should we do this? you know mm. but yeah when you get an art which is great but yeah i've definitely worked with other people where it's like oh like i don't even know why i'm here like you could take these photos like you know <laughs> you know what you want you know what you want more than i know what you want yeah you know <laughs> but it's, a, it's just a funny thing but yeah, yeah and does. that's hard for a guy like me to wrap his head around but
0: i do my best yeah do you feel like since you're focused on one team do you feel like you get stronger photos since you probably have like a better relationship because you're shooting the same guys over and over rather than the, kind of like jumping around with like different people all
1: the time. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of an introvert. And so it's really good to get to work with the same dudes and build strong relationships and then build their trust, you know, and know like, Oh, when we get to a spot, like I, I bet he's going to try this I, without him saying anything even, you know,
2: yeah. and you
1: get to know the little nuances of how they, they move. And like, Oh, like I know, I know Levi looks really good when he does back tails from this side, you know, or whatever, because you can just get used to that stuff. And I like that because then you can kind of fine tune over the years, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Looking at your work and everything, you almost seem like your lifestyle kind of fits element. Like it seems like you kind of like the outdoors and like wilderness. And then I think I read somewhere you like live on a farm. Um, so-
1: yeah. It's kind of more like, a, I mean, it's it's, uh, I'd call it like a hobby farm, you know. Okay. I mean, we, we raise animals like for meat, and we I, I grow a lot of vegetables, and we have a lot of fruit trees and stuff like that that I've planted over the years. Cool. Uh, so yeah, no, I, it definitely like elements happen to be like the perfect fit. I don't know where else in skateboarding I would have found that kind of yeah a likeness, a sameness of of mindset, you know, and that they're supportive of that kind of thing, and even want to promote it at times is like pretty cool. You yeah, cuz yeah, I'm very in, I'm very into all that stuff.
0: Yeah, cuz I think um Element they helped you publish a book like what like, a couple of years ago I think, was it? Um
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was like might have been like 2013, I don't even remember. I yeah. think it was been like 5 years. But yeah, uh they they paid for me to publish a whole book and Thomas Campbell helped out a ton with that and my art director Bobby Sattler was really instrumental in that and yeah they just did it as like a cool project like they were willing to support that and then they you know they 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 paid for all the printing and then they they paid for me to go around europe and do some like art shows wow. and stuff like that little book signings things like that I'm, i mean I, yeah i just don't know that there are too many other brands that a could afford to do that and b would be willing to do that yeah
0: Yeah, because it was it was a really nice book it was like uh really like amazing quality and everything um was was publishing a book did you enjoy that process like the editing and kind of figuring out how you wanted it to be was that something you enjoyed
1: i did i did i had always like kind of dreamed of making a book and it i had never dreamed of making a skateboard photo book honestly i I, you know i was like i wanted to make like a a fine art book because that's what you know, I was really into growing up or whatever. So that was always like kind of the dream. But when this opportunity came along, you know, uh, Thomas Campbell was like, dude, you gotta like, you gotta give them a book that like, they're going to be happy that they made too. So like, this should be, you know, cause at the time I was like, I don't know what kind of book it should be. He's like, you should, you know, this should just be a book of like the stuff you're most proud of, like that you've done for element, like Mm -hmm. they're paying for it. Like use that, use this as an opportunity to like, you know, I don't know, make something cool for them and for yourself. And, uh, and for all the guys that were on the team and stuff to have, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I did Editing's tough, uh, sequencing, all that stuff's really hard. Mm. Thank goodness the people that helped me knew more about it than I did. <laughs> yeah. Cause no. you know, they'd be like, Oh, like I'd be like, no, I really want this photo in there, you know? And, and Thomas would be like, well, like why? I'm like, wow, oh, well, like it was like so hard to get, or like I yeah. had all this attachment to a photo and he'd be like, yeah, but I don't know any of that. And that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. I'm just looking at a picture, yeah. you know. So it's gotta, it just gotta hold its own. It doesn't, you know. The story is like secondary. Definitely, yeah. You gotta. So take... he was, he was really helpful with that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It seems like, um, I think you mentioned it before. You did a project, I think, Element. Was it the Wolf to uh, a Road to Wolfboro? Um.
1: I yeah. See. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How did that project come about, and what was that kind of all about?
1: That was another one where. Uh, my art director brecht was like hey we we need to do we need to do a campaign we need to sh- again we need to shoot like these winter jackets somewhere and like what do you think about like you being the focus of this one and like it can be about you going out and doing your photography in a place where you you would need to wear winter jackets okay. you know all an excuse to like <laughs> you know push their product or whatever but the cool thing is like i got to show go on an all expense paid photography expedition doing only what I wanted to do. Wow. You know. Uh and so it was like, yeah, I'll do that for sure, you know. That's and right. uh that worked out great. I mean, we had a blast doing that and then uh my buddy Mark Stewart, who was our our filmmaker at the time for Element came along and made a little, little documentary about it. Mm. And yeah, those are those are just like really cool opportunities that I can't imagine would come along every day
0: yeah definitely not um i guess like a couple more questions i'll let you go um could you see yourself like in the future doing shooting anything else besides skating like do you kind of have any like any goals stuff you'd like to do or kind of pursue like in photography you think
1: that's a tough one honestly i think about that constantly i mean one thing i would love to do is and i've always searched for this just fearing my impending age and like, all right, I'm not gonna be able to do this forever in skateboarding. <laughs> they won't let me, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, where else can I apply these skills and have full creative freedom? You yeah. know, uh, cause commercially that's tricky. So it's like really kind of like a, a search for that. Like hmm. what clients would, would hire me where I could actually like get a little more experimental and do the things that I have deep down inside of me and help somebody commercially like, yeah. Promote whatever they're trying to promote, and so it's like looking for those avenues is, is kind of what where I look to the future.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Just kind of keeping it open in mind, kind of whatever kind of comes your way. Instead. Yeah,
1: and it's tough, you know. I, I see, I see a lot. Uh, the most freedom I see in photography out there is is really in fashion, and I don't know if I'm cut out necessarily for that. I started doing a little bit of women's shoots for Element just mm. to, tr- to kind of try my hand at it.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and it's fun. I enjoy it because it is really different. But again, I'm still tied to, to one specific brand, so there are restrictions on that. But yeah, I could see that being a, a nice place to sort of try things out and, and have somebody hire you because of your vision that's, and get to do it,
2: you know?
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I could see your photos working for any magazine or brand, really. Um, just, they're just really good, so I think I'll go anywhere, you know? Um, I'm
1: pretty open to it, yeah,
0: honestly. <laughs> that's that's cool. Well, just keep shooting skating because everyone wants to keep seeing those skate photos, you know. Because yours,
1: like everyone <laughs> said,
0: you see a Gabriel photo, you know it's a Gabriel photo. Because like the, the thing with skate photography, uh, I nice, mean, there's nice. a, yeah, there's a lot of good skate photographers out there, but it seems like a lot of times you can kind of start to look the same. It's like three flashes, a fisheye, like super saturated. Yeah. So it's always just good to see people doing interesting stuff like you and like I always love like Fred Mortain. Um, he shoots like with his like, yeah, Fred's but, awesome. Yeah. Him and like Daniel Harold Sturt. uh, like they almost don't even use the flashes or anything. It's really more composition based rather than trying to make it look flashy so much. And I, yeah, that stuff. And that's
1: of, honestly, like if I could leave the flash bag at home yeah. forever, I would, I absolutely would. <laughs> <clears throat> there's just, there's times when I realize that, yeah, I gotta have it just in case. And and there are times where it's just not going to be a good photo if I don't pull that stuff out. But yeah, yeah, if you give me my choice, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use lighting. Nice. I just, I, I love natural light. I love how malleable it is. Mm. I love what I can do with it in post production, in the darkroom slash Photoshop, you know, yeah, wherever that may be. Definitely. That and I, I love, I love the, the feeling behind it. You know, uh, light. I, I was never good enough at lighting. I guess to, to not have it look uh flake yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah.
0: it's easy to go like heavy handed with lighting it oh, it just starts to look like it can look real dated and just too much, um yeah, it's kind of like a ba-
1: yeah, just it's just too balance. too intense, you know, I like subtle and mm uh when you're traveling around with a couple bags of gear like you can't really be like setting up soft boxes and really trying to like shape light on location when the cops are on their way to kick you out it's like really like wham bam Mm -hmm. you better just get these lights up and get this and like yeah so that's not my thing so much
0: yeah that's cool well, I guess just, like, my, la- <laughs> my last question is this, like, uh, what do you think the key to, like, your longevity, like, within, like, the skate photography world has been? Um, just because it is a really competitive kind of uh, field with the skateboarding stuff, and even more now, since there's only two magazines, what do you think's kind of kept you going and kind of kept you, like, relevant? I
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck? I-, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, all- I mean... I can make up a bunch of stuff for you, but really it's like probably been, been luck and it's been being, being a a nice person, like being somebody that people want to like go out with and hang out with and skate with and like, and not screwing up too much, you know, those are the keys. I, you know, like more than anything I'll hear, like there'll be some up and coming skate photographer that I'll think is like, oh, that guy's like really pretty good, you know? And some of the, the dudes will be like, yeah, but he's a weirdo. Like, I don't, I don't really like going out with him or whatever, you know? And it's like, be yeah. a good person more than anything else. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can, go,
0: you can go a long way in life just being good, you know. People enjoy being I, around you. I think you. so. Definitely. Yeah,
1: well, uh, respect people and be friendly.
0: Yeah, and uh, take badass photos, which you already do, so that's good. Um, <laughs> try, try, but, try. Yeah, Brian, well, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Like I said, I've been uh, following your work for years and was really uh, stoked to hear you are friends with my buddy Jesse Burke, so I'm glad it kind of worked out. Um but I guess this to yeah, it's killer. Yeah, for people that are going to listen to this, uh where's the best place for them to check out your photography?
1: Uh I guess, you know, my website uh gaberman.com or on Instagram. I I try to only put skate photos on there or other photos that I, I'm particularly like proud of. Yeah. You know, so not that not that much makes it on there. <laughs> but what is on there i'm happy with so uh those would be the places to look at my work i guess right now
0: yeah. perfect and your website is this gaberman yeah. dot, gaberman.com right yeah
1: yeah uh, that's it it's
0: real all right simple. perfect yeah so guys go check that out gaberman.com and uh thanks so much brian
1: thank you alex yeah have a great day
0: so there you have it that was the brian gaberman interview i want to thank brian so much for taking the time to come on the podcast It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience. I've looked up to his work for a long time now, so I was definitely interested to hear about all his work with glass plate negatives and all the cool places he's traveled to and just his unique approach to skateboarding photography that's just so different than anyone else's. So I definitely urge anyone um, that listens to this podcast to go check out Brian's work. Um, His website is Gaberman.com. Um, a lot of real interesting photographs on there. So definitely go check that out. And uh, going forward, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on my website at alexgagnephoto.com and my Instagram at photo. Thanks so much for listening and take care.